You know, used to years and years and years ago, we used to be down there, go to country camp and be down there with a bunch of youth. And Tommy Birchfield used to always say, there's more caught than taught. And that always stuck with me because I believe in a service like tonight, the anointing of God, there's more caught than taught. Amen. And you can get hold of that. Praise the Lord. Good job, guys. Yeah, praise the Lord. Give them a hand clap. Get your word out. Get your Bible out. And if you would, I got a word that goes right along with what was taking place here. Um, it's out of the book of Joshua, chapter 14. I'm going to have to preach with my glasses on tonight, y'all. The reason why I like to use an iPad is not because of its convenience, it's because the print is bigger. But I didn't want to write this one up. I just was going, wanted to preach it right out of the word tonight. And so I'm in, I'm in Joshua chapter 14. I'm going to start reading to you in verse 6. Joshua 14, 6. It's the story of Caleb. And it says, The children of Judah came to Joshua and Gilgal, and Caleb the son of Jephunneh the Kenzanite said to him, You know the word of the Lord, you know the word which the Lord said to Moses, the man of God, concerning you and me in Kadesh Barnea. Now he's speaking to Joshua. Now just for, just let's, let me just, let's just stop right there. Come on, it's just too good. Go back, hold your finger there, stick a piece of paper there or something, and go back over to uh, Numbers 13. And let's look at this whole situation. Because I want to show you in 13 and 14, you can go read it all. But, I mean, here's where they're going to go spout the land. Now, Israel's been delivered from Egypt. They come to the promised land. They come right up to the border. They're getting ready to go across. And Moses says, hey, okay, guys, y'all go on over there and see what's over there in the promised land. Now, they've seen the parting of the Red Sea. They saw the miracles in Egypt. They've seen uh, rocks giving them water. They've seen uh, an angel that's, that's going before them and a flame of fire, you know, there. And they've seen all these miracles. And so these guys go over there, and Joshua and Caleb were two of the 12. So they go over there, and they spy out the land. They look at the land, they come back. All right? Now, let's, start, let's pick it up. 13, it, uh, verse 25 says they, were, they, they returned spying out the land for 40 days. So 40 days they were in, in the, looking at all the promised land. And so it says, and they departed, and they came back to Moses and Aaron and all the congregation, the children of Israel, and the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh, and they brought back the word to them. They brought back 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 word to them. Six million, roughly six million people were there, standing there, getting ready to go across. Six million and ten turned the people from going into the promised land by their word. You tell me words aren't powerful? You tell me words are power. Why is the news media blasting us with words all the time? Because they know the power in the word. And I'm already hearing it. You know, I'm already hearing uh, people compromising because of words. And I'm like, I'm not compromising. The more I hear, the angrier I get. And I want to tell you something. These 10 guys... Turned the whole hearts of six million people, kept them out of the promised land, caused a whole generation to die off because of their 
lack of faith. Unbelievable. So then it says, and then they told him in verse 27, they told him and said, we went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. So they had this big old deal of grapes or whatever, you know, hanging there, all this big giant fruit, grapes the size of soccer balls. Here they go, 28. Nevertheless, the people who dwell on the land are strong and their cities are fortified. It's very large. And more we saw the descendants of Anak there. That's the giants. And Am- Amalek, the Am- Amalekites dwell in the land and the son, the Hittites and the Jebusites, all the Hawaii family was there. And then verse 30 says, Caleb quieted the people before Moses says, let us go up at once and take possession for we are well able to overcome it. But the men who had gone up with him said, we're not able to go up against the people. We're, they're stronger than we are. And we gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which they spied out, saying the land through which we have gone as spies in the land that devours its inhabitants, all the people who we saw, all the people they saw. Come on, it wasn't all the people they saw. But they said all the people that we saw in it were men of great stature. And we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak. Came out, it came from the giants, and we were like grasshoppers in their sight. How do they know what they look like in their sight? If they'd have seen them, they'd have killed them, but they didn't see them. They didn't see. He didn't know what the giants were thinking. In their minds, they were thinking they were grasshoppers in their sight. So we were, as, and, and so we were in their sight, okay? Now go back over to Joshua 14. So Joshua 14 here is now 45 years have gone by. They've gone into the promised land. A whole generation has died off except Caleb and Joshua. Okay? And so now they're conquering the land. And so Caleb's wanting what is his. Right? So he goes to Joshua. You know, Moses and Aaron, they're dead. All the other generations. Now think about this. Excuse me. Caleb walked around watching his friends die. Lots of them. Lots of them. Watching them die off. But not his family. And not Joshua's family. Watching all the rest dying off. I've always wondered... And, you know, it's like we're going to have to get to heaven, watch the DVD, see what really happened. But I've always kind of like if they were peeking in the tent for the last one. Is he dead yet? Because they knew they weren't going to go into the promised land until that last one died. I mean, they're like taking roll counts, knocking them off. God, God there's one, one more off, one more off, one more off. Yeah, I've got one more off. Oh, oh Fred over there, he did? Yeah, yeah, he did. Oh, one more. Because they're trying to get rid of them. And that's all happened. So now they're going into the promised land. They're right there. They've been fighting. They've done wars. They've been conquering stuff. And listen to what Caleb has to say. Verse 7. I was 40 years old when Moses, serving the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land and brought, and I brought back word to him as it was in my heart. He had a word in his heart that brought him through the wilderness and into the promised land. And my question is to you, do you have a word? Do you have a word in you that's going to take you through the desert, through the wilderness, into the promised land? You got one you're going to stand on or you're going to give up? 
Or are you going to say, well, I don't know, I guess, you know, guess we just ought to get in line, be friends, be, 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 be all for, you know, just forgive and forget and love. And let's just go ahead and go down here and, you know, kill babies and steal everybody's money and do whatever we want to do. Or do you have a word inside of you that's going to take you into the promised land of Jesus? Because, folks, I'm telling you, Jesus is real. Churches, no, this ain't no social club. Hello? This is real. The anointing is real. Healing is real. Jesus is real. Heaven is real. We're not living for some, some ideology. This is our life. Whoo, man, Jesus is coming back. Are y'all with me? See, Christians have got to get stirred up and say, we're not going to compromise. We've got to answer to Jesus. Christians have got to get stirred up on the inside. I was like, no, wait a minute, folks. I can't go down that road. I'm not going to hold your bloody hand. I'm not getting in agreement with you. You set yourself up as an enemy of the gospel, so therefore, you're my enemy. Come on, we got to get real. We got to get real and really look at this thing for what it is and not just politics, not just, not just, you know, not just the direction of the country. This is about Christianity. This is about what's real and what's true and what's fact that we know because we got a word in us like Caleb. And he said, no, I put gave you the word that was in my heart. So why? Why was Caleb different? God says here in a little bit, you know, and you can go back and look over there and says, Caleb meant it because he has, he's of a different spirit. But I don't think it meant like God graced him and he got, you know, touched with a different spirit. I think it just means that he just was that kind of a person that's like, folks, we've seen God and the miracles he's done. And surely he, you know, will get us through this. That's what caused him to have a different spirit because he wasn't overwhelmed by the odds. Oh, man, I'm preaching good. I'm telling you, he was not overwhelmed by the odds. He wasn't. He was he was overwhelmed by his God. I mean, come on, guys. If you walked out there every day and there was a, a, a cloud sitting there over the tabernacle. And it was there and there was an angel that was leading you. I mean, that would not make an impression on you that you're like saying, we saw some giants. And I'm like, what? What about that angel? Okay, now, I don't know this. I'm pretty sure I'm right. Okay, but don't don't like write me a letter if I'm wrong or you think I'm wrong. But I bet, I, I'm pretty sure that when they came back with a bad report, the cloud was still over the tabernacle because I don't know why it would have left, right? So they literally, in a sense, were looking at the angel and just saying, we, you can't do it. And boy, I want to tell you something, I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to say, you take care of it, Lord. I mean, you put, send that angel there and put a big whoop on him, man. I'm not going to mess with it. Are y'all with me? And I want to tell y'all something. See, what's wrong is the church has been dead for so long. And nobody's seen miracles. Nobody's seen God moving. Nobody's felt the presence of God. Nobody's seen God touching their heart. Nobody's heard the still, small voice in the dead of night. And so, therefore, they don't believe Jesus is real. He's going to do anything. 
And I'm telling y'all, God is not happy with what's going on. But Caleb was of a different spirit. And he said, I gave you the word that was in my heart. He said, nevertheless, my brethren who went up with me made the heart of the people melt. But I wholly follow the Lord my God. The first point to this message is right here. If, if I, I probably got you know, more points than I got message or something here. But you know, I'll just have to write them down if you're putting notes down. First, when I got this, man, it says right there. He said, I wholly follow the Lord. You know what that word holy means? It means, man, it means, it means like full on, no holes borrowed, 100% full throttle, I followed the Lord. And folks, I want to tell you something. Now is the day that we need to have no, no place in us for compromise. If it doesn't line up with the word, we ain't doing it. If it even makes me question, I'm not going to do it. Y'all remember what I preached Sunday? You can't take a bent twig and make something straight out of it. And I'm telling you what, we got a lot of bent twigs right now. And there ain't no foundation going to be laid in America on bent twigs and come out straight. Did y'all see, if you'd had to really look for this, did y'all see uh, President Trump and, and uh, the First Lady and I guess they were lighting the Christmas tree at the White House. Did y'all happen to catch it? It was the only catch it on YouTube and some of the, the, the it was not put on the news or whatever. Whoo, man, I'm telling you what, President Trump stood up there, made my heart, man, made me cry. He stood up there and he gave this uh, address and, 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 you know, he was, he was reading it to keep himself online. And he, you know, he got it right when he was quoting the Bible. We talked about Jesus and talked about a Savior's come into this world. And, and I mean, it was anointed. It was powerful. It was so beautiful. It was so, so moving, so, so glorifying Jesus. And I was like, look at that. And it didn't even get put on the news. Didn't even get put out there on anything to see. And it was so sweetly done. And it was so beautiful. And they were playing one of the Christmas carols. I don't remember which one it was. And they got the you know, the army band or the whoever the band is, you know, all in uniform. And I mean, oh, it's unbelievable. But that didn't get done. That didn't get put out there. You know, swines. <laughs> he said, so Moses swore that day. So the first point is, he says, but I wholly follow the Lord. I was dedicated. And folks, we're talking lordship here. Either Jesus Christ is your Lord and you're going to do what he says because you're his servant or you're not. Verse 9, so Moses swore that day, saying, Surely the land where your foot has trodden shall be your inheritance and your children's forever, because you have wholly followed the Lord God. The second thing, as you see here, is that because he wholly followed the Lord, Caleb had a promise, and Caleb held on to that promise for 45 years. Right? He kept thinking about every place his foot tread, everywhere he went, everywhere he stepped, everywhere he walked, everywhere that, that was going to be his, his family and their children and their inheritance. And he used to probably get his little grandkids up and put them on his lap and say, one day there's this place over there and we're going to go and it's full of giants. But don't worry, man, Papa's going to kill them all. I'm going to slay them. I'm going to put them up there and you're going to have that land forever and you're going to raise your children. Then there's big old walled cities that already got a built for us. It's going to be easy. It's going to be good, man. Do you want to have and the fields, man, they got grapes the size of soccer balls over there and they're all going to be yours this is the way the man lived but we're sitting around boo-hoo jesus you're gonna do anything 
Come on. I'm telling you. Whoo, God is going to do it. I don't know how it's going to look. I don't know exactly how it's coming, but I'm telling you what, God's not happy and he's going to move. So we've got a promise. We've got a promise that, man, the enemy that comes before us is going to flee seven ways. That's a promise we have. We have a promise that says God's going to take care of us and he's going to be the shade at our right hand. He's going, we're going to be under his wings. We're going to walk in blessings. We're going to walk in power. But we got to be like Caleb. We got to be standing up saying, Lord, I'm yours. I'm your servant. Man, where do you want me to go? What do you want me to do? You gave me a promise and I'm sticking to it. Now, let's read on. He says, and behold, the Lord has kept me alive. And he said these 45 years since the Lord spoke this word to Moses while Israel wandered in the wilderness. And now here I am this day, 85 years old. It was his birthday. He said, I've been waiting for my birthday present for a long time. And I want it. And I want it today. Now, now let's get this picture. Here's these two men because Joshua, I, I, it, I, I didn't, I don't know that it says his age. But he's got to be roughly the same age. So here's these two older gentlemen talking, and, and he's up there. Now, he said he was as strong as he was when he was 40. But so he wasn't up there saying, I tell you, I won't take that. You know, you know he, was, he was, you know, they were sitting there talking, but he's talking to his friend who he's been through the wilderness with and everything. He's talking to Joshua, but he is telling Joshua what's in his heart. What's in your heart? Is there doubt and unbelief? Are you scared you're going to go hungry? Are you scared you're going to lose your house? Scared you're going to lose your job? Scared you're going to lose your family? I'm telling you, you're not, you're not listening because you, you've got a promise, but you've got to make Jesus Lord. So then he says, verse 12, Now therefore give me this mountain of which the Lord spoke in the day, for you heard in that day, how Anakim and they, and, and, and they were there in the cities, great and fortified. It may be that the Lord will be with me and I shall be able to drive out as the Lord said. So in other words, then he began to speak it. And folks, I want to tell you something. As Christians, we need to be speaking. Every time you run across somebody that's downtrodden, you know, down in the mouth or whatever, you need to be speaking a good word to them. You need to be telling them, hey, God's going God's to pull us off. God's going to do something. I want to tell you, God is God. He is king. Jesus is Lord. I believe in him. My faith and my trust is in him. We're going to go forth in the name of the Lord of hosts and conquer every foe by his name. Amen. That's what we have to do, Christians. We got to be speaking what's in our heart right now. Not doubt and unbelief. You know, then he goes on. Verse 13, and Joshua then, it says, he blessed him and gave Hebron to Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, as an inheritance. And Hebron therefore became the inheritance of Caleb, the son of uh, Jephunneh, the kinsite to this day, because he wholly followed the Lord of Israel. Now, can you imagine the next scene? That here's this 85-year-old man. Now, he says, I'm as strong as I was when I was 40. Now, I say things like that, but I know that I'm not. But I say things like that, you know. But here he is, and, and, and they get to the city of the giants. And the giants look down over the walls and like, who 
is that crazy old man? And the next thing you know, man, he's up on top of their head pulling their hair out like a rat. They don't know what's got hold of them. He's tearing into them. The Spirit of God's upon him. He's giving his promise. He's defeating them before him. They're charging up the hill, tear the whole place down, kill everybody. And then Caleb turns to his grandkids and says, <clears throat> remember all the stories Papa told you? Here it is. Here it is. We're going to live in it now. We're going to walk in. No longer is it a story I'm telling you. It is reality. Pick your room, boys. You can live anywhere you want. All right? Now, I want you just to, to, to go over to Matthew chapter 10. I want to show you something here. Matthew chapter 10. I want you to look now at verse 32. You know, sometimes this is a verse that we, we glide past it. You know, you've got to be careful. When you get a Bible that you've all marked up in and got it underlined, you know, sometimes you just start reading what's underlined and you start missing the things that aren't. And then you start, you know, you know the scripture, so you just kind of glide through it and, and you really need to pay attention to all of it. And this scripture just jumped out to me. And I've read it so many times. I mean, it's, I don't know how many times I've read it a lot. It says, Jesus is speaking. He says, therefore, whoever confesses me before men, him I will also confess before my Father who is in heaven. Now think about that for a second. <clears throat> Jesus isn't lying. He isn't making something up. He's not speaking hypothetically here. He's speaking reality here. He says, every time you speak up on my behalf on earth, I'm speaking up on your behalf to my Father. So the Son of the living God is turning to the creator of the world and say, hey, look, <laughs> look at them down there. Look what he's doing over there. So tonight, when you decided you were going to come to church, tonight when you decided you were going to tune in, tonight when you were singing the worship unto Jesus and you're worshiping him, literally, Jesus was turning to the Father at that moment and saying, look at them. They came to church. Look at them. They're worshiping. Look at their heart right there. They're crying out to you. <laughs> you think about that. He said, oh, well, that's sweet, Pastor, but I, I mean, I didn't see it. I don't know. <laughs> that really happened or not. You're calling. You're going to do like... You're going to do like those other people did and stand right in the face of the angel and spit on them? You're going to, you're going to say Jesus is a liar? Well, I don't understand how he could do that. There's been a lot of people in Wednesday night church, and I don't know how we could all get in there at the same time and how he can mention everybody's name. What are you doing trying to figure out how God does things? Take the word just as he said it. When you are confessing him before men... He's confessing you before God. He said, well, that just means when you're preaching the gospel, it doesn't really necessarily mean when you're in worship in church. You know, you really need to get, go to freedom prayer, if that's your thinking. You need to call Dr. Brown, set up a freedom prayer appointment, because you've got a religious demonic devil lying to you at all times. He said right here, whoever's going to confess him, are you confessing before men tonight, and I love you? And I want to hear your tender, still voice in the night. 
and you're a good, good God. Is that not confessing before men? So all I'm saying to you is we got to get hold of this reality that what you're doing on earth is affecting heaven. And right now in, in, in Matthew 10, 32, you can say Jesus is turning to the father and, and, and confessing me before the father. So let's just, let's just carry this a little bit further. So if my name is getting mentioned in heaven this night to the to the heavenly father, to the creator of the world. Well, pretty important. And what am I worried about with some stupid devil down here? I don't care what that devil's name is. I don't care where it came from and I don't care what it's doing. Why am I worried about that? If all I have to do is start worshiping God and my name gets mentioned in heaven, how I mean, honestly, folks, I mean, when, I, when the Lord showed me this, it hit me so hard. It's like, how could I ever have a bad day after this? If all I have to do is stop and say, man, Jesus, I love you. I love that you're righteous. I love that you're a righteous God. Jesus, I praise you. Thank you for saving me. Thank you didn't leave me in the pig pen alive. Thank you, Lord God, that you. And all of a sudden, my name's getting said. And Jesus is up there saying, hey, Dad, look at Robert. He said that Caleb had a different spirit. And I'm saying that's what the spirit was. It was that ability of Caleb just to stop and say, God, you are God. I know you're God. I see the angel. <laughs> I see the cloud. <laughs> These people are stupid. They're dumb as rocks, Lord. But I mean, I saw you part the Red Sea. I know who you are. I don't know what's wrong with them. I told everybody what was in my heart. I want to kill the giants up there, Lord. We can do it. I mean, goodness, we can do it. You defeated the whole army of Pharaoh. We can get rid of them giants up there. I like them big. I want to tear them up. All he was doing was confessing what was in his heart, but Jesus was turning. And y'all don't get me all, you know, into theology here. I mean, I know whatever. Jesus was there and he was talking to the father and said, look at old Caleb, be crazy. That's a crazy one for you, Lord. You got six million stupid ones, but you got... Two crazy ones out there, Joshua and Caleb. He says, okay, they'll get in the promised land. Give it to them. How much more when he turns and Jesus says that, hey, look, there's old David. Look at old David down there. He's believing you for everything. God said, okay, go ahead and give him a word. Give him a promise. Deliver him. What does he need? I'm just preaching the word. I'm not making anything up here. I'm not in the Reader's Digest tonight. I'm in the book of Matthew. Okay, so let me give you one more. Old Testament, go to Isaiah 26. Y'all already know where I'm going. I hear the yummy voice. Mmm. Mmm. Three. You knew I was going to go there. I started to pull one out over here, just messed y'all up. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind has stayed on you. That gives that verse a little different meaning when you tie it back to Matthew 10.32 and say, wow, Lord, I'm confessing you. And so this message tonight is to change your worship. It's to change your whole attitude in worship. It's to change your whole attitude in prayer. It's to change your attitude to realize that every time that you are worshiping, praying, 
confessing the word of God that Jesus has turned to the Father and confessing you before him. And so I'm telling you, you're going to get your mountains. I can't explain to you why there's time lapse. You know, I don't understand all that. Why did it take 45 years? I guess 45 years is how long it took to kill the rest of them off. But, you know, I mean, I've looked at that and thought, well, you could have just sent a plague in there. Hello? But I'm telling you, church, at this day and age, we cannot compromise. We can have no compromise in us. We're going to stand righteous. The more they persecute us, the more radical we have to become. You know, <clears throat> I... I I didn't know about it till it was already taking place about the Jericho march they did around the Capitol, you know, seven times. And I thought to myself, you know, I don't know if I, I, I'm not by any means saying that wasn't right. I'm just saying I don't know if that was a directive of God. But I just I was so glad a bunch of crazy people did something crazy for Jesus in the middle of it. Right. I mean, maybe we ought to have, you know, a tongue convention or get all the Pentecostals up there. and We'll pray at tongues at them or something. I mean, I don't know. But I'm just telling you. We've got to stand up and we've got to become bold, right? But I'm just so happy to know that every time we're doing it, Jesus is talking to the Father for me. So you go write Matthew 10, 32 down. You get that one down and you put it in your, your, on your refrigerator or wherever you are. And every time you worship, you think about what that scripture says and that what God's doing for you. Amen? Amen. So praise God. So I'm glad everybody that you're out there tuned in tonight. I'm glad you're listening. Go tell a friend, go subscribe to the YouTube channel and uh, get me as many subscriptions as you possibly can. Tell everybody about it. Tell everybody there's a crazy preacher. You got to go listen to him. I don't know. Stir them up, throw them down, put it on their phone. I don't know what you need to do, but get it the word out there. Amen. And so everybody stand up if you would. I want to pray over you. For everyone out there that you're giving online, man, praise God for that. The same blessing, if you, whether if you were here putting in the bucket, it all still works because God is God. But I want to thank you for everything you're doing. And, uh, and I want to pray over your finances right now in Jesus' name. Don't be worried. Don't walk in fear. Fear ain't going to get you nowhere. Matter of fact, it said it make, can't even make you grow taller. It just make you shorter. Because you just finally just keep bowing over to it all. You ain't going to do that. So I want to pray over you, Father, right now in Jesus' name. I just bless the people this night. I declare, Lord God, that we're going to be like Caleb. We're going to have that same spirit on the inside of us. Lord, we are not going to bow our knee to the things of this world. We're not going to bow our knee to fear and, and, and succumb to the, to the pressures of this world and what they're saying. But I declare, Lord God, that we're servants of the Lord. We have a promise from your word. We're going to walk in it. I declare, Lord God, the mountains you promised us, we're going to take. We're going to destroy the enemy for you. We're going to advance your kingdom on the face of this earth. We will not be stopped and we will not be destroyed. We will not be defeated, Lord, in Jesus' name. I declare, Lord God, that as we worship you, the revelation comes to us tonight of Matthew 10, 13, 32, that, Lord, we know that as we're confessing you, you're confessing us. And Lord, I praise you for that. I thank you, Lord, that we are not forgotten. We are not alone, but the Father's, we're on the lips of the Father. And I praise you for that. And so, Lord, I ask you to bless finances tonight, bless businesses tonight, bless people in every avenue of income that they have and where they need more. Lord, I thank you that you send in finances from the north, the south, the east, and the west and flood them and bless them. 
That as Christians, Lord God, we stand up and we rejoice because, Lord, we know that you are our supplier. And we praise you for it, Lord. So bless them, Lord. Bless everybody here tonight. Bless their offerings in here tonight. And, Lord, I give you all the praise and all the glory for it, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. God bless you, church.